This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Uh, but as mentioned off the top in this hour, Section 293 of the Criminal Code of Canada. Uh, Canada has had a polygamy law in some form or another since 1893. It's uh, pretty rare, as well on this front, to see a charge laid. Now, it's been known for, well, decades, literally, that the practice of polygamy is widespread within what's known as the FLDS, and in particular in the community of Bountiful, B.C. And for years and years and years, authorities have, have wrestled with how to approach that. Because you've got, A, a pretty clear prohibition on polygamy in the criminal code, and B, a pretty clear example of it in this community. Many examples of it. By the way, let me just read to you what the law says, because it's written in a very strange way. It says, everyone who practices or enters into any, or in any manner, agrees or consents to practice, or enter into any form of polygamy, or any kind of conjugal union with more than one person at the same time, whether or not it is by law recognized as a binding form of marriage, or celebrates, assists, or is party to a right, ceremony, contract, or consent that purports to sanction a relationship, mentioned in subparagraph A, or one or two, is guilty of an indictable offense, liable to imprisonment for a term not exceeding five years. Where an accused is charged with an offense under this section, no averment or proof of the method by which the alleged relationship was entered into is necessary in the indictment or in the trial of the accused. Nor is it necessary in the trial to prove that the persons who were alleged to entered into the relationship had or intended to have sexual intercourse. So you don't need to prove there was a wedding ceremony. You don't need to prove that there was any kind of sexual relationship. And it's not specific to, to men or women. Does anybody who enters into any form of polygamy or any kind of conjugal union with more than one person at one time is guilty? So it doesn't say anything about religion. In fact, it doesn't say anything about victims anywhere. Who, who are the victims here? Because everybody involved is guilty of a crime, as the law is written. I think the way we've been looking at it is that the men are the perpetrators, the women are the victims. Certainly in this case, you've got Winston Blackmore, uh, a leader in Bountifuls, accused of having well, two dozen wives. James Oller, accused of having five. So we're dealing with well over 30 people, but only two people charged. And those two people were found guilty yesterday of violating Section 293 of the Criminal Code. Daphne Bramham with the Vancouver Sun, has written extensively uh, about Bountiful and about the FLDS, including her book from 2009 called The Secret Lives of Saints, a great read if you want to understand the views and the background of this community. Daphne joins us on the line here this afternoon. Thanks so much for joining us. Welcome to the program. Nice to be with you, Rob. Well, in a way, maybe we shouldn't be surprised by this because on the charge of polygamy, uh, it's, I mean, it seems pretty clear that, that both of these men have uh, long practiced polygamy. Well, Winston uh, Blackmore said outside the courthouse he would have been surprised if he hadn't been found <laughs> yeah. guilty. Um, he's never made a secret of it. And uh, just, you know, for a little bit of background, I mean, what they're charged with uh, or what they, were con- what they were found guilty of is Winston Blackmore had 25 wives during this period that, that was um, in the indictment. 25 wives, one legal wife his first wife, and then 24 other wives. And with those 24 wives or 25 wives, we now know that he's got 148 children. Wow. Um, 
James Oler in the original indictment didn't have as many women's names on it, but um, he he was convicted. He was found guilty of having five wives, and he's had thirty-two children. I mean, these are these are quite shocking numbers. Um, I think even reasonable people find them shocking. Yeah, certainly in the case of Winston Blackmore. And, I mean, James Oler has been much more low-key over the years, but Winston Blackmore has been very open about uh, his multiple wives. He's, he's never denied this, quite the opposite. No, he's been he's been incredibly outspoken. I mean, I I usually refer refer to him as Canada's most famous uh, polygamist. He he's done all sorts of interviews. He held a polygamy summit back in 2005, where he invited people to come, including the Attorney General of both of British Columbia and the Attorney General of Utah and the Attorney General of Arizona. None of the attorneys showed up, but he did invite them. I mean, he's he's quite brazen about this. He uh, went to tax court and uh, tried to argue that. that that he should be he should be taxed as a commune because of all of these wives and children. Um, he's gone to court in Utah on civil cases and talked about the the number of wives he's had. One of the funny things in the tax trial was that he couldn't actually remember all of his wives' names, <laughs> which would be awkward, I would think. Um, now well, he he did say to the judge, "Please don't ask me now. Please don't ask me for the dates of of the marriages." Well, let's talk about those marriages. As you say, he only has one technically legal wife, but uh, this is the practice of, of this community, which I guess we could refer to as FLDS, although there's a bit of a split in, in that community. But this practice of having a celestial marriage, they call it. Explain that to us. Well, the, at the time of, of the, the indictment, the period covered by the indictment, um, both of them were members, or for most of the time, they were members of the Fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And it's a it's a, a splinter group from the mainstream Mormon Church. And if you talk to if you talk to Winston Blackmore or to James Oler or to it's the many followers, what they would say is that they are the only true Mormons because what they do is they follow they follow the teachings of Joseph Smith and particularly the the revelation about um, about plural marriage or celestial marriage. And what they believe is that in order to, to reach the highest realm of heaven, the celestial kingdom, you need to have, a man needs to have um, plural wives. And so initially um, that was practiced by the mainstream church. Uh, Brigham Young certainly had many wives. He made a pronouncement that they should have many wives. But in 1890, um, the mainstream church, under pressure from the American government, um, they renounced the practice. They, it was coached as a revelation from God, but, but it was at a time when, <clears throat> excuse me, um, it was at a time that the American government was, was threatening to actually go into Utah and basically put them all in jail or, or somehow deal with them. And it's around that time, so 1893, is when the Canadian government passed the, the first polygamy law, and it, the polygamy law that was, that was tested in court, tried in court, um, now is, is, very much, is a very similar um, statute to what was passed at the time. What, has been taken, what was taken out of, the, out of the polygamy law in Canada in the 1950s was any reference to Mormons. Well, the, the law itself is odd, and, and I think this is going to be the focus of maybe some of these appeals going forward, because as, as the law is written, all of these women should have also been charged. 
Um, they could have been charged for sure. Yes, the way the law is written. Uh, one of the things that that um, the the judge took great pains to discuss in her in her 162 page judgment was what is the difference between a conjugal union mm-hmm. and a conjugal relationship. And she um, she accepted and adopted the definition that was that came up in the polygamy reference case in in 2011, uh, which says that a conjugal union is is a, is is to make a commitment, um, and it could be a public commitment, but to make a commitment for uh, for this longer term relationship. So she it didn't ha- it doesn't have to have a ceremony, but she said she says that a conjugal union is much different than a conjugal relationship. So what the law in in her definition and her understanding of it and in her judgment is that a conjugal relationship like if you have if you had if you had a one night stand that would not be considered to be practicing polygamy if you were all, that that would be an affair you had a conjugal you had a you had a conjugal relationship but it's not a conjugal union and and it's it, it's that definition of union that she focused a lot on and um that's something that, again, neither Mr. Oler nor Mr. Blackmore challenged in the court. They all, they both agreed that they had, well, Mr. Oler didn't say anything, but, but the, he, did, he also didn't challenge that he had, he had had these ceremonies and that, they, that he had made a public commitment and that, that these women who were listed on their indictment, that they were treated like wives in the same way that the first and legal wives were treated. They were, many of them lived in the same homes. And so that's that's what it plays on. And mm-hmm. what what what's going to happen next is these the guilty the guilty verdict was not registered as a conviction because in the midst of the trial Mr. Blackmore's lawyer raised the constitutional issue again and it's a, it's a he's he's making quite a convoluted argument that that to be honest he even has a bit of trouble explaining um but what he what the essence of it is is that because it wasn't charged before then they think that they have a right to do it and that they will assert um, their religious right to practice their religion, and um, that will be heard sometime later this fall. So in the meantime, they have been found guilty, but they are not under the law considered to be convicted because the trial, this is now kind of an adjunct to the same trial. Yeah, it's an interesting point. I mean, to them, as you say, this is this is very much religious. And in terms of these women, it's not a case of Winston Blackmore courting these women, asking them to marry him. They're basically told that God has selected you to, to marry this man. Yes, and that's certainly what the evidence, that's what the evidence was from um from Jane Blackmore, who who did testify against um, against both her her husband, her ex husband now, her her ex husband, and against her brother, and she said that that um, during the time that she was in the FLDS, um, that that's the way that it happened. That the that you you were basically, if you were a young woman, your father would say, "I think it's time for you to get married." And he would tell the prophet or the bishop, and then they would come back and say, oh, by the way, tomorrow you're getting married, and and here's who you're marrying. And they, these were children in some cases, or certainly uh, minors. Oh, yes. Um, so they're, they're, I'm I'm just compiling my list now of uh, based on on what the on what the judge uh, 
on the judge's decision, and um, at, at least at least two of, of Winston Blackmore's wives were 15, um, and uh, and there are there are a good number of them that were under 18, and the same with Mr. Oler. I mean, they, these were young these were young impressionable. They were girls. They weren't they weren't even young women. They were girls. Mm-hmm. Uh, so going forward, I mean, we talked about the split in the FLDS and in the U.S. The leader of the FLDS, Warren Jeffs, is in prison. Although some still believe that that he's he's still running uh, the group. Uh, what's the situation in Bountiful right now? Who's who are the leaders in Bountiful? Is there still an FLDS presence in Bountiful? Oh, there is an FLDS presence, but it's it's kind of a confused presence. Um, I haven't really found out who the the current bishop is, um, but the, but they do follow they do follow Warren Jeffs. He does put out pronouncements, and they still listen to they still listen to his his sermons on their on their. Um, the kids that's what they listen to the kids don't go to school anymore because they've closed the the school the FLDS school and they basically listen to his his recorded sermons and he is very he still sends out new sermons and he's still making weird pronouncements i mean none of the none of the women um none of the the, the married couples in um the FLDS are allowed to have sex until Warren gets out of jail and so it's a very uh it's a very unusual situation um, they don't go into town very much, so people in Creston don't see them, and it's it's not quite it's not known really what's going on with them. Winston Blackmore's group, um, which is comprised primarily of his family, and as I said, it's a very large family. Yeah. Um, they're much more open. He's um, he's allowed them to he's allowing them to go to to, to college. Um, they don't wear the kind of pioneer dresses anymore. So they're much. They look much more modern. They look much more like um, the ones, the the people, the, the the family that you would see on Sister Wives or or those kinds of shows. They're 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 portraying themselves as a much more modern group. And and certainly, um, the the people in that group are, have a lot more freedom than they did even five years ago. And some of that, I think, is a bit of a charm offensive by Winston, um, because he wants to have more followers. But I think also it's it's um, the fact that he's he's finding it more difficult to keep them under control because he doesn't have he doesn't have the full weight of the FLDS or the Treasury of the U.S. to keep them all in line. You know, in a weird way, though. I mean, is that is that progress? I mean, we're not going to make these beliefs go away anytime soon. Bountiful is going to continue to exist as, as a community for the foreseeable future. So, do we look for those kinds of baby steps, if we call it that? I think I think baby steps is probably the only thing that's that's going to work. I uh, I was speaking to a former FLDS member last night, and and uh, she said to me that she doesn't believe that it will ever change. And she said she she has no answers for what what might happen. Um, she's been she's been out for quite a, she's been out for about five or six years now. Um, she has relatives who are have recently come out, and she said the problem really is that that the people in Bountiful and the people in the FLDS they don't want to hear it. They don't want to be told by other people what to do. They've been told from birth that this is God's way. They've been told from birth that this is the way to the celestial kingdom. And for many of them, they're willing to they're willing to um, do whatever they're told because of that promise. And they're also afraid. Um, that if they don't follow those teachings, that they'll lose everything because um, the pro- the property is communal. They have 
in the FLDS side, they have very little education, and they have, frankly, she said, very little hope. And in the meantime, this case is going to continue perhaps all the way to the Supreme Court, we anticipate. I suspect it might. Um, it depends on whether or not Mr. Blackmore has got the financial resources to, to take it all the way up there. It's very to the Supreme sure. Court. It's very expensive. But this case, um, this isn't the only case. We still uh, we still haven't got a resolution. We haven't got the sentencing yet. In the other case involving uh, Winston Blackmore's brother, Brandon Brandon James Blackmore and his his ex wife um, Gail Blackmore, and they'll be sentenced on August 11th. Um, for having taken their 13-year-old daughter to the United States to marry, to marry Warren Jeffs. Well, people can read more about all of this at VancouverSun.com and more on the history of this community and this sect. Uh, the book is called The Secret Lives of Saints. Daphne Bramlett, thank you so much for joining us here today. really appreciate this. Thanks, Rob. Right, there you go. Daphne Bramlett, columnist for the Vancouver Sun, author of The Secret Lives of Saints. Uh, so what do we do with Bountiful? I mean, it's not going away. Winston Blackmore is not going to renounce polygamy, nor is James Oler, because they were convicted. It's almost a badge of honor to them. Is there a freedom of religion argument here? I mean, those involved in these relationships all subscribe to the same religious views. Now, we can have our own opinions of those religious views. Certainly what I think, uh, to me, what goes on in Bountiful is not in keeping with Canadian values. But at the same time, are they entitled to their views? They're off, they're isolated, they're in their own little communities. Is it affecting you and me? Is it our business? Uh, I think we're talking about children, it is society's business. If we're talking about adults, it's a different question. But there's clearly evidence that children, underage girls, have been essentially forced into these polygamous marriages. That's a concern. Daphne Brahma mentioned the case, uh, and sentencing is uh, still to come. Uh, regarding individuals who took their 13-year-old daughter across the border into the U.S. to be married off to Warren Jeffs himself. That's a crime. The law should deal with that. But if three or eight or 25 consenting adults wish to be in a conjugal union together and call it polygamy or call it celestial marriage or call it whatever, is it of concern to us? 403-974-8255 is a number. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.